Welcome to the Coming Out of the Dark Bible Study with Pastor John. Tonight's study will be in the book of 2 Corinthians. We invite you to join us at 514 Smithfield Avenue in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. This podcast is presented by The Way Ministries, supported by listeners like you. For donations, live videos, podcasts, and more, please visit www.thewayministriesri.org. Thank you and have a great day. tonight all right oh it's great to see everybody to come out and get a portion of God's word please keep the ministry in prayer as opportunities are arising for this ministry to advance okay so just keep it in prayer keep your hearts in the right condition and God will bless us amen as we move forward 
Alright, we're going to continue our study in the book of 2 Corinthians. But before we do that, we're going to go up on the board there and read Proverbs chapter 3. Okay, I'm going to start in verse uh, 5. You see it over there? Get you got Everybody turn to it. All right, now's the time to focus. Put all your cares aside for the time being. Let the Lord speak to you and comfort your hearts. No matter what you went through today, He's our ultimate comforter. Amen? Amen. That's why we gather. Verse 5. Awesome scripture. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Very important. The way we see things and the way he sees things is two different things. He's right on time and right on schedule with all the events that are happening out there. God is in control of them all. Don't try to reason with yourself about it. He knows what he's doing. Amen. Amen. And he's got our backs and he said he was going to protect his people and he will. If you trust him. It says, do not depend on your own understanding. Now it's saying something else. In in verse 6, seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. He's not going to show you which path to take if you're not seeking after his will for you. If you're going after your own will and your own path, you're not going to find him. You have to understand, you have to seek his will in all you do. So when you get confused out there and everything's going crazy, it's time to get on your knees, Pray to the Lord and get in that word of God. And say, speak to me, Lord. I want you to speak to me. These things that happened out there, history repeats itself. It's going to happen again and again and again. It's in the Bible, so we shouldn't even be surprised by it. Or even tell God to take it away, because that's like telling God, oh God, please take it away so this don't happen. No, God is knowing what he's doing. God, just let it do what it has to do for this season Let your will be done. Amen? That's the right attitude to have. And you know what? Whatever he's doing, he's doing it for good. Seek his will in all you do. Right? And he will show you which path to take. Look at verse 7. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Okay? Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Two things. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. That's the active part of Christianity. Turn away from evil. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. Amen? Amen. There's a formula here, but there's some things that we have to do for that to take place. Seek his will in all you do. He'll show you what path. Don't be impressed with the way you think of your intellectual knowledge. Fear the Lord and turn from evil. He tells us to do that. And then he says, when you do that, you'll have healing for your body and strength for your bones. This is what heals us. The comfort of the word of God. Amen? Because if you're listening to the media and watching TV and following that worldly stuff, it's going to take you right out of what the Bible is trying to teach you. Immediately. And it gets Christians all the time. Because they're not rooted in the word, they're rooted in the world, in news, in newspaper, and what's going on out there. We're not saying not to be, a, a, you know, see what's going on out there, but not to focus on that, because this is what we got to focus on, right here. Amen. 
That's why we come to Bible study, so we can focus on the Word of God, not the world. Because the world is controlled by someone else. It's not being controlled by God right now. So let me tell you something. If you want to get involved in world events, that means you're getting involved with the devil. So stay involved with God. He's the only one that can fix this. With all that stuff going on, you just pray. Say, Lord, please, don't let my enemies triumph over me. And he will. But you have to go, listen, it's not some passive act. You have to take that action and go to him and tell him that. Lord, please, don't protect me. I'm coming to you as my refuge. Don't let my enemies triumph over me. Don't let me try to fight this battle. I'm giving it to you to fight it for me. You've already given me the victory. I'm trusting in you. And he will protect you. But that's an act of your will. It's not going to happen by osmosis. You have to say no. I'm trusting what God says. Not what the media says, that's for sure. Okay. All right, so let's get to uh, our study in 2 Corinthians. We know we're going to be starting chapter 4, if everybody remembers, right? But before we just go to 4, there's like one verse in, in chapter 3 that I just want to say before we jump over, Okay. We're not going to go back into it all the way. I just want to say that last scripture of um, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Let me get it myself. All right. Okay. Is everybody there? Look at the last verse so all of us who have had that veiled remove all of us who became believers in Jesus Christ and put our trust in him can see and reflect the glory of the Lord and the Lord who is the spirit Listen to what he does here. He makes us more and more like him. You see it? As we are changed into his glorious image. We are born again to become like Jesus. To be changed in his image. That is why he saved us. Amen? So we could have an impact on the kingdom of darkness and build his kingdom down here. Make no mistake about it. He saved you for a purpose. And it's up to us to get involved with that purpose. And to live the way he wants us to live so we can fulfill that purpose. That's an act of our will, though. It's a choice we have to make. It doesn't happen. Our flesh fights God's will. Every day. Can I get an amen for that? All right. <laughs> All right. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 4. Let's start in verse 1. Is everybody there? We're going to dig into chapter 4 tonight. There's a lot of good stuff in here. I don't even know if we'll get through this whole chapter, but we're going to work on it. Therefore, look at verse 1. Since God in his mercy has given us this new way. What do you mean this new way? Yes, this new way of thinking and this new way of life. 
Okay, that's what he's given us. Or ministry. We never give up. We never give up. How about that? We never give up. And let me tell you something. Since the beginning of this ministry, we've been fighting and forcefully advancing it, and we never gave up. When the going got rough, we trusted in God, and he got us through. And he's going to take us the rest of the way, too. If we put our trust in him. Because God knows our hearts. If this ministry is going to grow, we have to grow. So we can handle the challenges that we're going to have to face ahead to advance this kingdom. Many challenges coming. Look what it says in verse 2. We reject all shameful deeds and underhanded methods. We don't try to trick anyone or distort the word of God. One thing we never do in this ministry is distort the word of God. When we preach it, we preach it from the beginning to the end. We don't take it out of context and jump around all over the place. Because that's how you can get into trouble with Scripture. Jumping from here to there and making the Scriptures think that they match each other. But they're in context for the verses for a reason. So you read them all the way through. Because you can get this Bible to say anything you want. You can twist this book to your own destruction. We're not going to twist it here. We're going to go right through it. And keep it in its purest form. Now look what it says. We reject all shameful deeds and underhanded methods. We don't try to trick anyone or distort the word of God. We tell the truth before God and all who are honest know this. Now, I just want to say what Paul was trying to talk about here. Paul condemned those, okay, who twist God's word. That's what he was doing. Preachers, teachers, and anyone else who talks about Jesus Christ must, must remember that they stand in God's presence. He hears every word. Many Christian ministers and leaders twist scripture in their attempt to motivate audiences. Okay? Others take scripture out of context to promote their own views. When you tell people about Christ, be careful not to distort the message to please your audience. Proclaim the truth of God's word. Amen. And that's what we do here. We don't try to twist this or distort this to make people come or make people like God. All right, let's keep going now. As, as I read the scriptures, I'm going to reiterate on things that I need, that I feel are important, that we need to understand, okay? Okay, so stay with me here. Stay focused. Now, look what it says. If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, what's a veil? Remember what a veil is? They put a veil over your face so you can't recognize who it is underneath it. Okay. It is hidden only from people who are perishing. Satan, he says it clearly now, who is the God of this world. So if you're following any world system, I don't care if you say you're a Christian or not, if you're following anything of this world, you are following Satan. And that's the way it goes. Believe it or not, that's what the Bible says. So that's why we don't follow the world system, we follow the word system. Or if you are following the world system, he tells us to come up out of the world and into the word. Now, are you going to like literally come out? Well, we wish we could sometimes, ain't it? Because it gets really heavy out there. 
But he's saying, come out of the world by your thinking. Get your thinking out of that and your perception back in the Word of God. That's what he's talking about. People twist Scripture and take it out of context and they over-spiritualize it and take things literal as spiritual and mess it all up. We don't. It's both. There's a spiritual and little, literal application to every word in the Bible. Every word. Okay. Satan, who is the god of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. You see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord, and we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. Okay, so that's what he's trying to say. Now let me just say something before we keep going. The good news is open and revealed to everyone except to those who refuse to believe it, okay? Satan is the god of this world, the Bible tells us. His work is to deceive, and he has blinded those who don't believe in Christ, as we see in 11, 14, and 15. The allure of money, power, and pleasure blinds people to the light of Christ's good news. Those who reject Christ and prefer their own pursuits have unknowingly made Satan their god. See, Satan, if you don't have God, if God, if Jesus and God isn't your God, Satan is your God by default. You can't, there's only two. It's either Satan or God. So if people are worshiping stars and moons and everything else, they're worshiping Satan. They're not worshiping the, listen, you don't worship the created. You worship the creator, the Bible says. He talks about divination and horoscopes and all that. And if Christians are involved in it, I suggest you get out of it. Because the Bible tells us clearly to get away from that stuff. That's the Bible. And I, I suggest you get away from it too, because then you're trying to find a solution through a star or a moon instead of the guy who created it. Go ahead, talk to the moon. See if it answers you. Go ahead, talk to the moon. Oh, oh, I was born on in September. That's why I got this personality. No, you, you got that personality because you're a sinner. That's how you got it. I'm A-type, B-type person. No, no, no. You're a dead sinner in Adam. That's what you are. You don't need no horoscope to figure that one out. No, I fell into it myself. You read the thing. So how can everybody that was born on that day have the same personality? <laughs> Such a deception. We fall into it, though, right? Yes. You look forward to it. Oh, I can't. Well, I'm going to read the horoscope today. <laughs> Think about what it's saying. Horoscope. <laughs> Unlearned Christians are still involved in this stuff. Mediums, fortune tellers, tarot cards, all that stuff is from the devil. And he says to get away from that stuff. And we're not gonna we're not gonna go around that here. The Bible says what the Bible says, and that's what we teach here. Truth. If you don't like it, then you've got a problem with God, not me. Okay. 
<laughs> the focus of Paul's preaching was Christ and not himself. Paul never boasted about himself. He already glorified, always glorified God, saying he was the worst one of them all. If this preacher is telling you their credentials and how intelligent they are and how smart they are, they're not glorifying God. They're glorifying themselves. Get away from them. They're not exalting Jesus. They're exalting self. Your credentials come from Jesus. Not from any school. Ridiculous. That's what, look, the, the people go to school to learn the worldly way about God, and then they come to church and preach the worldly way about God yeah, yep. instead of the Word's way about God. Huh? That ain't going to happen here. Don't worry about that, okay? If you want that, you're going to have to go somewhere else because you ain't going to get it here. You're going to get the truth of God's Word and let the Holy Spirit be our teacher, okay? Yeah. God said, let God be true. Let every man be a liar. So how can man teach man about God? Amen. Unlearned Christians. That's it. They go by credentials instead of what? Their faith. And what they see. Look what it says now. Verse 5. We don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach about Jesus as Lord. And we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sakes. For God who said, let there be light in the darkness has made this light shine in our hearts so we could see, so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. We have this great divine treasure of God residing in these broken down sinful bodies, he's trying to tell us. Treasure in a fragile clay jar. These bodies are fragile clay jars. And we have, what, the illuminating Christ residing inside it. It's amazing. Now look what it says. We now have this treasure in clay jars. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not from ourselves. Do you see it? Listen, if you want anything to do with, if you want God to teach you, the only way he's going to teach you is through life and his word. That's how he teaches you. And if God truly called you, he will teach you through his word as you get in there with him to learn it. And then he will tell people where they, what their gifts are and what, how they should operate in the church. That's who God does it. You show me one scripture in the Bible that tells that all the prophets went to college. They were fig pickers and sheep herders he picked out of there. Prostitutes and tax collectors. Can I get an amen for that? As a matter of fact, the Pharisees were the ones who went to Bible school. They were the ones who knew about God through the book. But they didn't know God at all through life. And they were teaching people how to get to God through materialism and outward ways and following rituals. Instead of getting... Through life. Jeremiah was 17 when God called him. Ezekiel. He says, I want you to go tell them what's coming. They're not going to listen to you, but you go and do it. And if you don't, you're accountable to them. I'm holding you accountable if you don't. He didn't say, well, I'm sending you to Zion, the Bible college, so then you can teach them. 
No, he did not. You know who empowered him? God did. God taught him. Amen. That's who's teaching us in this ministry. God. That's why it's built slowly and steadily. Cautiously and carefully. Prayerfully. Waiting on God to get us through these things. Amen. Amen. That's how this ministry is designed. And that's how this ministry will shine. God's way. We don't need support from people. We need support from God. He's the one who created all this. If he's going to give us better, who better to go to? And then he opens doors and he closes doors. Amen? <laughs> all right. Look at verse 8. This is how we... Look, this Christianity that people... This fluffy Christianity that's being taught out there has nothing to do with living the life of a Christian. Nothing. Look what it says. We are pressed on every side by troubles. What do you mean? I came to Jesus. What do you mean I'm pressed on every side by troubles? The closer you get to Jesus in this dark satanic world, the more pressed you're going to get. The more godly you live down here, the more the devil's going to try to get you out. Nobody's taught that. Just come to Jesus and you're free. You'll be blessed till you go home to be with him. Yes, you will. You are blessed and you will go home to be with him. But that doesn't exclude all the troubles to get there. He's going to take us through them, not around them. He's going to make something out of us. He's going to make something out of nothing. How do you, you know how long it takes to make a diamond out of a lump of coal? Huh? A lump of coal, that ugly piece of black coal, has to go in the ground and pressured for thousands of years before it becomes a precious gem. Guess what? That's what he's doing to us. You're going to go through pressure and pressure and pressure, and we're going to come out gems. But you can't come out a gem without the pressure. You can't get around the pressure to become the gem. As a matter of fact, they try to do that. You ever see an artificial diamond? It has no, not, it looks good, but it does not have the quality of one that's been in the ground for thousands of years. There's no shortcuts to Christian spiritual growth. Amen? We're going to have to go through some stuff. And the people that don't want to go through some stuff are going to leave. And the ones who want to hit follow Jesus are going to stay. Amen. That's God's job, not mine. Amen. My job is to get this message out clear and truthful. Amen. Now look what it says. We are, <laughs> we are crushed. Look, we are Look at verse 8 now. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. Now, you hear Christians all the time. I go to Bible study, I pray. Why am I getting, pro why is all these problems coming to me? Well, they think because they perform and go to Bible study that they're going to escape the pressures of life. That's not what it does. It equips you for the pressures of life is what it's supposed to do. It doesn't take it away. And that's why Christians walk away. They say, wow, I'm going through all this trouble. I go to Bible, so the heck with this. I'll fix me. I'll walk away from God. The only one that can help me. Because they're unlearned and untaught properly. So if you're going through a lot of suffering and struggling down here, it's because you're doing something good for God. And you're suffering for His name's sake. 
Stop being spiritual babies and whining about everything going on in your life. How about an amen for that? Yeah. So I'm a mature Christian. <laughs> Crying about everything. Trying to get their way every time. Instead of doing things God's way. Listen, look what it says. <laughs> We're building an army here. Let me tell you something. You can't be in an army if you're a The Bible says, but we're destined for troubles. <laughs> we're born into troubles as the sparks fly up, what Job said. We just got through Job, right? You think you're having problems? Read what he went through. And guess what? He didn't even do anything wrong. So don't think you know God. Or when God's doing something to somebody, that he's punishing them. No, he could be just refining them. So don't go judging people when they're going in true trials. Because look what they did to him. You must be doing some secret sins to get that much trouble. And God says, no, you, 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 didn't, you, didn't, you didn't explain me correctly. That's why we don't judge. There's only one. We love. Guess what? If you want, next time you want to judge somebody, love them instead. Do what God does. He loves them instead. All right. Look what it says. We are, we are hunted by, we're not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. How many times, I don't know, how many times me as a believer saying, what the heck is going on here? I just can't figure out what God's doing. You know, you just can't, you get, you get like, but look what it says, but we're not driven to despair. Right when we're on the very edge, in the brink of brokenness, he comes through with something and gets us back in line again. He knows exactly how much we can take. You notice that? He's so good. He said, Lord, boy, you pushed me all the way. All the way down to the end of myself. But when they find I can't do this anymore. That's all right. I got you. Then he shows himself to you again. He's saying it's your pride getting in the way of knowing me. Oh, let me tell you something. You could read the Bible 20 times a day. Go through commentaries, go to Bible college, and still not know Jesus. You can have him, but you don't know him. You only know him when you put him to the test of your life, and you trust him through the trials. All right, look what it says. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. Anybody can relate to that that's in this ministry, right? We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. You see it? We're never going to be abandoned. Those are promises. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering. Look what it says. Look what it says in verse 10. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. What is he saying? Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death. He's killing off our sinful nature through the suffering. That's what he's doing. Why? So that the life of Jesus can show up afterward. Because after you kill off your sin nature, Jesus shines now. But you have to come to the end of yourself first. And there's the, there's the, the battle between the struggle and the, fle the flesh and the spirit. There's a lot of stubborn intellectual people 
that God has to break before they can get to know him because they think that they have a solution better than God. You ever listen to somebody try to tell you how to do something? It's like, please, how do you know what you're telling me is the right way? Please. One thing you should never do, don't give anybody your opinion unless somebody asks for it. Okay? Keep quiet. You can make a lot of enemies that way. You want to suffer? Do that. Try to just flaunt your stuff on everybody. You'll suffer. You'll be around. Nobody want to be around you. Where is everybody? Well, he's got a headache. He don't want to come out. He don't want to call me. His phone broke, and I can't talk to anybody. Hmm. I wonder what's wrong with everybody. No, I wonder what's wrong with me. Everybody's staying away from me. Like, because all I do is try to tell them how to live. It's a fact. Instead of bringing them to Jesus, Jesus is going to tell you how to live. Here's the word of God. Read this. <laughs> now it says, through suffering, verse 10, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus. So that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. What's he saying? getting persecuted, run over, run down, and they're still serving Jesus. People are saying, what's wrong with you? you, you it, why don't you just curse God and die like Job's wife said to him. Instead of going through all them problems, just curse God and die. No. We're sharing in the death of Jesus. We're exalting him through our suffering. Listen, when you get in the Lord's army, you have to suffer. And if you don't want to suffer, then you get out of the army. Go AWOL. And that's what you do. Go back to the world. Go back to your misery. There it is. But you can't have both. Don't worry. The scriptures that back this up too. They're coming. I'm not just talking out of the top of my head. Now look what it says. So we live in the face of death, verse 12. But this has resulted in eternal life for you. You see, when a preacher goes through life, it gets persecuted and run over, yet he still gives the message about Jesus, you're still giving people eternal life. He's saying, we still, because of that, which still has resulted in eternal life for you, or else I would quit. I said, this is too much for me. I can't handle this. I can't take it. People, pressures, God, this, that. Work, life, home. Yeah. Can't do it. Yeah. No, because he says, no, I know you can't. I'm going to do it. For this. <laughs> and he does it. He plugs me in. I ain't going to the ways of the world. I'm not doing the way things the world does things. I ain't going to all that crazy stuff that they tell you is a solution for your problems. I'm going to go through the problems with my Lord and Savior because he said he's going to get me through them. There is no shortcut. The only thing that gets set back is your spiritual growth when you take a shortcut by the world and let the world do something for you. Okay. But we continue. Look at verse 13. But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believed in God, so I spoke. 
Psalm 116, verse 10. We know that God, who raised the Lord Jesus, will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. He's saying all of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving, and God will receive more and more glory. When people grow in this ministry, we don't go to the roadrunner. We glorify God with our lives. The only way you could really show a testimony for God is by glorifying Him with your life. The way you live your life is shows you what you really believe. Okay? Because you can't fool God by coming to church and then living the way you want. No, a changed life is the evidence of true the Word of God being preached properly to you. A changed life. Transformed. By the renewing of the mind through the Word of God. It changes your life. That's the evidence. And that's what Paul was saying in the chapter 3. Remember, the evidence is you that I'm called by God. Your life's evidence that I was called by God because you are changing. That's the evidence. Not how many people come. It's the changed life and the renewing of the mind. God wants quality people, not quantity of people. How many people got in the ark before he flooded the earth? Eight people. Do you know how many people were on the earth? A lot of people. Let me tell you something. The Bible says the road that leads to life is narrow and very difficult and very few Christians ever find it. Because they don't want to go through the difficulties. Okay. Now look what it says. All of this is for your benefit, and as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great things given, and God will receive more and more glory. That's why we never give up. Right, believer? Amen. This ministry, you're part of this ministry, we never give up. We know, though our bodies are dying, look what it says. Our spirits, or our inner being in the Greek, the inner, look, that's why it says our spirits, our inner being in the Greek, is being renewed every day. You see it? This flesh is getting crucified out in the world. Listen, the world's crucifying my flesh. The world is starting to hate me, so it's crucifying me. But my spirit is begetting, becoming renewed every day as I start walking in the spirit of the Lord. You see, that's what born again means. You're dead to the old life and born again in the spirit life. Amen. And he's killing off the old life and renewing you and renewing you in the newness of Christ in the spirit life. That's the struggle we're going through right now, the transformation process. And if you go to the world for comfort, you just set yourself back. You have to go through it with them. Now look what it says. For our present troubles are small. It won't last very long. Believer, do you believe what the Bible just said? Do you have troubles right now, any of you? Do you? Well, it says right here, our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Do you believe that? Yes. Well, if you believe that, you'll just ride it out with the Lord and you won't take a curve and go to the world for, for relief. 
God says it won't last very long. And let me tell you something. Your time schedule is different. And the only one holding back from him setting you free of it is you. Let God's word be true. Let every man be a liar. Don't listen to what people tell you what's going on with you. Only God knows what's going on with you. Nobody can get inside you to know what's going on with you. Nobody, no doctor, no nothing, nothing but God can get inside you to really know what's going on with you. Amen? Our spiritual doctor, Dr. Jesus. I'm having a hard day. I, I don't feel good. Let me go to the doctor. Oh, here he is, Dr. Jesus. Because let me tell you something. This is what heals your physical body right here. When you, when, you, when you revive yourself spiritually, it says it heals your body. Because it's all inner work. They tell you, even science tells you, that when you're stressed out, it releases chemicals that can give you trouble within your body. You get ulcers and problems with yourself. Stress. But when you find comfort and peace in the Lord, that stress level goes. So I'm not, whatever's going on, I don't, my wife will tell you, she, she, I, she has to, like, clarify what's going on. I said, what, what are you talking about? I don't know. I just know what's going on in the Bible. I don't know what's going on out there. <laughs> I don't want to know. Because it, it, it makes people upset. It takes away your peace. It says, search for peace, work for peace, and search for peace and work to maintain it, the Bible says. The only way I'm going to get peace is in the Word of God. I definitely ain't going to get it on TV or out there. Oh my goodness. <laughs> now look what it says. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Look what it says. They produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So listen, it's saying if you handle the troubles right, they, they, what? It'll give you what? Vastly outweighs. It'll be productive for you. If you handle it the proper way, you'll get better, not bitter. If you're a bitter Christian, it's because you're handling it wrong. You're not doing it God's way, you're doing it yours. How many of us still get bitter? Don't answer that. Just stay to yourself. When you get upset about things, right? When I, I'm just going to give you a little newsflash. Whenever you get upset and you try to figure things out, you're trying to play God. You're trying to do what only God can do. It's true. <laughs> Quiet. <laughs> well, it's true. When you get upset about something or a certain circumstance or a situation, you're trying to do something that only God can do. So you're getting frustrated. Okay. Now look what it says. Verse 18. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Here it is right here. The Bible is telling us not to look at the trouble you can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. It says, fix your eyes on heavenly things. See, this, is the t this isn't our permanent home. Don't fix your mind on what's going on down here, it's telling you. Fix your mind on the word of God. And this is the last place people go when they try to figure things out. Let me tell you something. God created everybody, everything on this earth, right? Don't you think he knows the solution to every problem? The creator? 
then why not go to him? <laughs> well, that's why I'm here. I'm here to learn about him and how I can use him in my life so I can become like Jesus and enjoy it Amen. in all the troubles. Amen. Because, like I said, if I'm waiting, for, if I'm praying for traffic to go away, I'm going to be miserable forever. <laughs> if I'm praying for that person that I work with to go away, they're only going to get worse. Yeah. They're not going away. God's saying, no, I put them there to teach you. You don't run away from them. You know what? You pray for them. People quit their job. Christians quit their job. Oh, I don't like the way they treated me. No, God sent them to treat you that way so you could become like Jesus. Amen. You're supposed to honor them as they were God. Wow. <laughs> That's the Bible. God's trying to teach you something. If there's a problem, say, Lord, I don't know. Whatever you're doing, just provide something better then. I'm not going to try to get out of this. I'm going to let you get me out of it. Amen. And he will. You know, you say, I can't take these people anymore. <laughs> you know, maybe they can't take you either. <laughs> maybe they can't wait for you to go. You know, maybe it's you. Amen. Whenever you're complaining about somebody else's behavior... That's the behavior you have that you see in them. Oof. God's trying to reveal to you what's wrong with you through them. Because you can't see your behavior. They're going to show you through them. God's going to show you through their behavior. Oh, I can't believe they acted like that. Well, I said, well, that was me. That's me? You can't see it. Sin is blinding. You see, I'm trying to teach you. So when you try to when you, when you go, that's why the Bible says in James, why do you judge another believer? You're just judging yourself. Yeah. When you look down on someone else. Yeah. Well, you're going to get taught truth here. Yeah. And this is what matures us, to know the truth. Say, listen, there's something wrong with me, not them. Yeah. God put them there because there's something wrong with me. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that there's not nothing wrong with them. But God sent them there because there's something wrong with me. And he's trying to show me something through them. You see? Ooh, well, I don't like that one. There's nothing wrong with me. Is there something wrong with me? Am I, I thought I was a good person. No, the Bible says that you're not. In your flesh, there's no, well, no good thing, the Bible says. So don't fool yourself. Because when you compare yourself to other people, you can always feel like you're doing better than them. But when you compare yourself to Jesus, done deal. I'm going to shut up now. Remember Job? And I said, okay, Job, now it's time for you to answer some questions. You were complaining about everything I do. Now he says, where were you when I put all this together? Now next time you complain about somebody in your life, you go to God and say, God, why did you put this person in my life? You're complaining about God, because he put him there. Remember that. Then you might just say, if I want them to go away, i got to handle this right, pray for them, go to Jesus, and maybe they'll leave. If not, maybe I, that's the thorn in the flesh I need to keep me humble. Because I'm one prideful person. Ah, wow, this is hard Bible teaching. Wow, right, they're talking to, is he talking to me tonight? Maybe. <laughs> we all got a long way to go. We all got a long way to go. That's why we need God every day. 
We never arrive. Oh, I hear Christians all the time thinking they're so mature. And you hear, you see, you hear what comes out of their mouth and say, please don't say that. <laughs> don't say that. Because when you have to say that, when you have to say that, you're exalting yourself. Yep. Believe me, you don't have to say anything. People will know if you are or not. <laughs> now look what it says in verse 18. Okay, so we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen, for the things we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. Amen? That is unbelievable stuff right there. Now listen, I hope you're going back and reading these scriptures again and again and again while we study this book, because it's so important that you keep doing reading these things. Paul had to suffer. He had to suffer. He tried to tell, look, this, let me give you a, we all love the Lord, don't we? We love Jesus, we do. We struggle with our flesh. Let's be honest with each other here. How many of us had a good day today? How many of us had a bad day? See? But really, it wasn't a bad day if you understand it properly. Really, it was a good day because God was correcting you or teaching you in the situation. It was a good corrective day for you. So it was a good day. Every day's a good day for God. Trust me. If you see it that way, you live a great life. All that changes is your perception. The world doesn't change and people don't move away. The only thing that changes is the way you see things. You get the mind of Christ. Oh, I understand. Whenever, we know when you know you're growing. When you say, oh, God's involved with this. I know he is right now. I see God in this. My temper. You know when that starts coming up your back. Oh, here it comes. God's involved. He's letting that happen to show you where you're at. Can I get an amen for that? Amen. No, it's a good thing, though. So you don't understand. It's a good thing for God to show you where you're at because we think we're further along than we really are, and God just has to come and show us that we're really not. And he puts a situation in our life where we get greedy or lustful or some other thing, and he says, look, see, you, you need me. You're a fool. You're just a dumb sheep, like I told you. <laughs> oh, I'm smart. I went to Harvard. The Bible said, thou fool, your soul's required of you. Now what? What did all that school do for you now? Your soul's required. You go to the school of God. Let me tell you something. You go to God, and you open your heart to him and say, Lord, teach me. And he will. He says, I'm not far from any one of you. Seek me with all your heart and you will find me. The problem is we're not seeking him wholeheartedly. Because some of the things we're seeking him, so I don't really know if I want God in that situation. So I'm not going after him right there yet. That's okay. God will break it till you do. He'll go, you ready? Hello, John, you ready for that one? You ready? No, not yet. I like this one. Oh, okay. I'm going to go ahead. This. I'm at the door, John. You gonna let me in? Not yet. <laughs> I'm still getting some enjoyment out of this one. I'm getting enjoyment out of this one. I'm not letting you in that one. You see, God can't come into your sinful state. Wherever you're doing a sinful thing, Jesus can't flood you with light there. He can't come in. He's knocking though. That's where your conscience comes to say. Starts to get louder. Yeah, right. Hello? <laughs> He sends more heat, more heat, yeah. more heat. And finally you say, come on in, Lord. 
I'm done. Amen. That's how he works. Until we tap out, he don't enter. God doesn't come in until you invite him in. Amen? All right, we're going to close right there. Yeah, time's up. Don't worry, we've got a lot more. We've got a lot more. Don't worry, there's plenty more time for this. So, when we, when we get back together, we'll start chapter 5. Chapter 5 is awesome. It's really intense. So, just hang in there. Keep reading your Bible. Keep studying it. Stay in 2 Corinthians 5. Grab a scripture that helps you. And keep going. All right, Brittany's going to come up and sing, and we're going to close. And Jazzy. Definitely a fitting song, wasn't it? Absolutely. Wayne, can you close us in prayer tonight? Thank you. Thank you, Lord, John, for this message tonight. Thank you, Lord. Bless our family. Bless all our brothers and sisters that have met you, Lord. Touch our hearts. Touch our souls. Make us one in the spirit. Yes, Lord. When we leave here, put on the full armor of God. 
Yes, Lord. This world, this world is coming to a, coming to an end. Jesus will be here shortly. Yes, Lord. The way things are going, we have to stay rooted in the Word. Yes. We have to Amen. believe in God. Yes. Every day when we wake up, that should be our focus. Believe yes, in God. Yes. What is our day going to be like? Guide us through our day. Yes, yes Lord. Us and bless, bless this family as, uh, of, of our ministry. Yes, Lord. May tonight's a beyond our safe family members, and may God bless them. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Wayne. Have a great night. Till we. Till <laughs>